Hey guys, welcome back to the OG of the HRC Way news they ain't telling you. Okay, let's just get going right away into the quick news of this Monday evening. Coachella and Stagecoach has been canceled once again. I feel like a whole bunch of rich kids in America are quite devastated. Uh, Beto O'Rourke is considering running for governor of Texas. He ran, of course, for Senate, and he ran for president of the United States, and he ran for uh, House of Representatives, which was the seat that he carried, but he no longer has that seat. So he is considering running for governor in Texas. So... We'll see. He's going to do like a trifecta or something. Okay, um, this one's really interesting. So we are about a week away from impeachment starting on February 9th. And five, which is all, of Trump's defense attorneys have quit his impeachment team. So right now he has no lawyers to go to trial for impeachment. Now what they're saying, the reasoning behind all of the lawyers leaving is basically he wants to stick to the election was a fraud and they're saying no we have to go with the constitution let's look at this from the 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 eye of the constitution he's saying no and he would not budge so that's why all five of them said we're out of here so i don't know what's gonna happen um interesting again we saw this happen in arizona and now we're seeing it happen in south carolina the south carolina gop has censored Representative Tom Rice after his vote to impeach Donald Trump. So here we go. Um, the uh, Yesterday or the day before, I believe, Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene, who we all know for unwell reasons, uh, apparently had a conversation with Trump and says that Trump supports her 100%. So that's a great team. That's a dream team right there. Um, this is a little interesting tidbit. The Oakland Airport, 510, um, is selling COVID tests in vending machines at the airport. And I guess they're rapid tests and they tell you within 20 minutes. Um, amazing. And why isn't more airports doing that? Great job, Oakland Airport. They just do things better in Oakland, don't they? Um, President Biden has started his Supreme Court commission. Basically, he wants to evaluate federal courts and the Supreme Court to see what's working, what's not working. Some people think that this is a, a start, that he's going to start packing the courts. Um, other people are saying he wants to look more at the circuit courts, the federal courts below, and see where he can add seats to those before he adds seats to the Supreme Court. Personally, I think that's what he's doing. But, you know, there is nothing in the Constitution saying how many Supreme Court justices there can or can't be. So, we shall see. Republicans are going ballistic over that one. Um, the Capitol police officer who was killed tragically on January 6th will lie in honor at the Capitol, uh, Pelosi and Schumer announced. Um, w. Bush has announced that he is going to support Liz Cheney through and through. Of course, Liz is getting hit from every side because she voted to impeach Trump. Um, what weird world we live in that Liz Cheney is the you know, go, go to woman and W Bush is behind. It's all just so strange to me. Um, this is an interesting story that I don't know if a lot of you guys know, but there was a plan to vaccinate all of the prisoner, 40 prisoners at Guantanamo Bay. So I, first of all, I didn't even know we still had prisoners at Guantanamo. I thought that Obama had closed it, but I guess not. There's 40 prisoners there who of course are terrorists and that's why they are there. 
um, not to be mixed in with domestic terrorism. That's that's separate. <laughs> um, these are terrorists from around the world. And they were going to get vaccinated so that they could, I guess, meet their uh, go to their court dates or whatever it was. And then that leaked. So then the Pentagon said, oh, no, 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 just kidding. We weren't going to do that. <laughs> so, um, yeah, there's that. That's interesting. Again, I didn't even know we had prisoners at Guantanamo. Interesting. Um, Guantanamo, of course, is known as the uh, prison where Americans, we tortured a bunch of prisoners. So um, you guys probably know about this, but I'm just going to throw it out there in case you don't. Representative Cori Bush of Missouri, the new congresswoman, had to move her office after she, there was an incident between her and, you guessed it, Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene. Now, there's many stories floating around, but the biggest story is saying that they were in the hallway. Marjorie Taylor Greene was there with her staff. Cori Bush was by herself. They started yelling at each other, and it turned into a big ordeal. And Pelosi had to get involved, and uh, she had to approve the move of the office and all that jazz. So I feel like we're only beginning the drama of Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene. Um, Andrew Yang, who is running for mayor uh, in New York City, he moved there recently. He is having his staff and volunteers sign an NDA, and that is very, very odd. There's nothing normal about that. So I'm not quite sure that story's kind of bubbling at the surface. So we shall see. It was in, like, the Daily News or something. So, But they've confirmed that that is true, um, that even volunteers. I don't know why you would have volunteers sign NDAs or anyone sign NDAs. Like, what are you doing that you need someone to sign NDA? Um, and last but not least, um, as of this uh, Sunday morning, the GOP, 10 GOP Repu uh, uh, senators have proposed having a meeting with President Biden to counter the COVID deal that Democrats are offering. Um, I'm going to get more into that later, but we'll see if bipartisanship is going to happen on that. So that is your quick news for this Monday. Let's get in a little deeper. Okay, so big, bold action. Right? That's what Schumer loves to put out there. And um, it's been announced that Schumer will start to move this week for what he's calling budget recon that would allow Democrats to push, push through excuse me, Biden, President Biden's proposal with using just the 51-vote majority. So usually you need 60 votes, but there's, there's some ways to kind of get around it by calling it budget recon is one. So... No Republicans would be needed. You could just pass it through. But he does need all 50 Democrats. So, again, I'm like a broken record. Manchin and Cinema are your wild cards. Um, Vice President Harris did press in Arizona and West Virginia um, to kind of reach out and say, COVID's coming, COVID's coming, probably to put pressure on these senators, Manchin and Cinema. I don't think that that was a coincidence. Apparently, Manchin was not informed. He's saying that the vice president was going to go on the air in West Virginia and sort of make a plea to West Virginians. So he came out and said, I want a bipartisan deal. Um, Bernie Sanders was on some of the Sunday morning programs. And he said, yeah, I think I think we have the numbers. And let me tell you, anytime a politician says, I think we have the numbers, it means you don't have the numbers. So we'll see. Now, on one hand, um, I'm all for bipartisanship. And I'm going to get into a little bit later, uh, Susan Collins and, and nine other Republicans have written a letter to Biden asking for a bipartisan deal on COVID. 
But I just want to say that I understand why Democrats are nervous about holding out for a bipartisan deal, because we don't want what I would call Obamacare battle 2.0 to happen. Basically, what happened with that, to wrap it up very quickly, is there was a handful of Republicans when Obama came out and said he wanted to do Obamacare or the Affordable Care Act and said, well, we'll think about it. We'll think about it. A couple months went on. Democrats sort of chased these Republicans. And one of the main Republicans who was they were really thinking they could get was Chuck Grassley of Iowa. And he never said no. And then he went on a town hall in Iowa and he said, yeah, no, I'm not going to do it. Didn't tell the president, didn't tell Democrats, nothing. He just publicly said, yeah, no, I'm not going to do it. So all that time that was wasted sort of trying to get Democrat Republicans and they didn't get a single one um, makes, make, understand, you, makes you understand why Democrats are nervous right now to hold out for a Republican deal because they could pull the rug from out under them and you're left with, you're left with egg on your face. So... But I want to say this, that are we really dealing with the big issues, on-the-surface issues, um, minus COVID, because obviously they're in the midst of dealing with COVID packaging right now, which is obviously very important. But, you know, for the last couple of days, Schumer has tweeted about cancel student debt in the midst of the COVID votes, which aren't secure. And I don't have a problem with canceling student debt. But he tweeted the first tweet and was like, you know, Vice President, President Biden, can you, you know, let's cancel student debt or whatever it was. And I'm like, we're fighting one battle already, and we don't even know if we have our own votes for that battle, and we're going to add in another one because I hate to break it to Chuck Schumer, but President Biden, Vice President Harris, they can't do anything to cancel student debt. There's no executive order that he can do. And so I think to myself, well, I've talked about this before, well, then put a bill on the floor and whip the votes, but he doesn't have the votes. I just don't think that right now is necessarily the time. Will we get to it? Absolutely. It's been part of our, our our whole ordeal. But I just think like maybe we should focus on getting the COVID package because we need to get COVID and our economy going because without our economy, we're nothing. So, you know, and we need to remember that Schumer is no Pelosi. He doesn't know how to whip votes. He doesn't know how to count votes, clearly. Um, because he's going off on different tangents. If you really pay attention to Nancy Pelosi, when she's working on a big package, there's nothing else on her agenda. That's all she's talking about. That's all she's sending out there. When she was working on the Heroes package, that's all she was talking about. There was nothing else. When Obamacare was happening, that's all she was talking about. She was whipping the votes and making sure. But Schumer is very erratic with the things that he talks about. So it's like, well, what are you really going to do? You know, and whipping and counting votes, like I said, aren't his talents, aren't his go-to talents. And that's that's a talent that you want to have when you're the majority leader. You know, and Americans are watching our every move, Democrats, because we have full control. You know, and 2022 is, is here. So it's all very interesting. I don't know if we're going to get a bipartisan deal, um, but I just want to say this, that Susan Collins, Senator Susan Collins of Maine, which I don't know how she sells a job, but she has a job, um, wrote a letter um, Sunday with it's Collins, Murkowski, Cassidy, Mitt Romney, Portman, Capito, Young, Morin, Rounds, and Tillis. So your go-to bipartisan senator, Republican senators. And basically said that 
used President Biden's own words against him that he said in the inauguration, which was requires the most elusive of things in a democracy, unity. And then she said, we welcome the opportunity to work with you in a bipartisan manner to combat the COVID-19 virus. In the spirit of bipartisanship and unity, we have developed a COVID-19 relief framework that builds on our on prior COVID assistant laws, all which passed with bipartisan support. So she's going back to, you know, and then she says in here that we've passed five times to direct the resources of the federal government towards combating the urgent COVID-19 pandemic. So basically calling him out on his own, you know, words here. And she breaks down what they want to do because their, their package is, is um, apparently Democrats is like a trillion dollars. And theirs is, I think, like $500 billion. So there's going to be some massive cuts there. I don't know what's going to happen, but Biden did say, President Biden did say he wanted unity and he wanted bipartisanship. So now, you know, and we may have to ha do a bipartisanship if Manchin says he's not going to work without, you know, only bipartisan. So we shall see. This is a continuing battle. But, you know, big, bold action Sounds to me at this point like Schumer throwing three words together that sound really great. So we'll see. On to the next. Okay, so the other day I was on TikTok Live, um, OG of the HRC. Follow us. We have lots of fun on there. And I was on TikTok Live, and all of a sudden I got sort of like swarmed in my TikTok Live with like Yang Gang, that's what they're called, Yang Gang members um, in my live saying really horrific things. Now, what I had done earlier in the day to bring those Yang Gang members into my live was I had posted two videos, basically the first one saying that they were looking into Yang's um, presidential campaign because there was, there was allegations of sexual harassment. They are allegations. There's no nothing to them yet. So, um, But I made sort of a video where I was like, am I surprised by this? No, because... His whole campaign was like a frat party and bro environment and toxic masculinity. And then the second video was me saying that not only that, but that he requires all of his staff and volunteers while he's running for mayor of New York to sign an NDA. And I thought like, well, that's really weird. Like, why are you signing an NDA? So that's all I said. That's all I did. You guys can go to my TikTok and you can kind of see. I was sort of like making fun, but I wasn't saying anything about him other than the facts as were presented to me. Well, my on one of the videos, it blew up and it was comment after comment after comment. And I was like, okay, whatever. But then when I went into the live, I was like, no, 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 we're not going to do this. I've been dealing with this toxic masculinity since 2016. And... You know, since Bernie Sanders entered, there has been a nonstop attack made towards people who don't think like them. Not every Bernie Sanders supporter, I want to be very clear of that, not every Andrew Yang supporter, but the Bernie bros and the Yang gang, they, they attack you online, they attack you in person, they attack at campaign events, all because you don't believe in Andrew Yang or Bernie Sanders or whomever it is. And it is unacceptable. I can't tell you how many campaign events I was at for Hillary Clinton. And there was one in particular here in California. And what had happened was Bernie Sanders supporters kept interrupting, kept interrupting. She cut her speech short and she was done. Well, 
everyone had to leave. There was only one way to leave for people who were at the event. And Bernie Sanders, it was like a walkway and there was like wa- a, like a short wall and they lined up. They lined up on that wall and they started throwing water at the Hillary Clinton supporters and they all had signs saying war criminal and all of these things. And there was no other way for, for the supporters to walk except for that one way. And they had to walk all through that. And they, there was actually a picture of like a, a woman coming through and you just see just covered. So this toxic masculinity has been happening and Bernie really didn't do anything about it. You know, they would say to him in like interviews, you know, like your supporters are really intense online. And, and I always find it funny, like how do you find personally me online? I don't use hashtag Bernie Sanders even if I'm talking about him. I don't use hashtag Andrew Yang or Yang Gang or any of that. Because I don't want that around me in my life. So that means that you're looking for Hillary Clinton hashtag or you're looking for Joe Biden hashtag, whatever it is. Like, and you're purposely making a decision to just attack. And it's not okay. It's not okay for me or anyone. It's not okay to be on a live and have you come and take over the live. What is the point of that? You think you're going to change my mind about Andrew? And by the way, I don't care about Andrew Yang. I don't live in New York City, so he's not my problem. You guys want to go down that disaster road? Go down it. Good luck. But I just think that the Yang gang, Bernie Sanders, and Trumpers, sorry, really don't have that much difference in them. They're hopelessly devoted to someone, and they only know the truth, and their leader only knows the truth. And do I think that extreme Bernie and extreme Yang... Yeah, I think that they're capable of doing crazy things too, because I've experienced crazy things solely by those people. So it's all dipped in toxic masculinity. Andrew Yang's presidential campaign at one point, he had a guy get on his knees and he put a can of whipped cream in his mouth. This guy's running for president of the United States. If that's not, if you guys have never been to a frat party, that's what a frat party is. Of course there's allegations. Like, if I was a woman in that environment, I would feel so uncomfortable. It's not okay. And it just gets accepted, and now he's running for mayor of one of the most important cities of all of America with this whole Yang gang of people (laughs) behind him. So it's just that bro mindset, and there is absolutely positively no reasoning with them. They don't want to hear the facts. They don't want to hear. They have the facts according... And it's okay for Andrew Yang or Bernie Sanders or Donald Trump even, it's okay for them to do one thing. But if someone else does it, oh, Lord, watch out. You know, if you come to someone and you say, hey, Bernie Sanders has only passed like a handful of laws. No, no, he's the amendment king. (laughs) Okay, all right, sure. That's what you want to send someone to Senate for, to be an amendment king, to not pass actual legislation. Or when you say, like, wow, like Bernie Sanders has been in Congress a long time. Why hasn't he fought for any of these things that he miraculously discovered in 2016? Oh, because, like, capitalism and the man gets you down. Or when you say, like, isn't it interesting that Andrew Yang and, and Bernie Sanders, they're, they're millionaires, right? Andrew Yang was head of a big tech company. And yet, no, no, that's okay because they're, like, fighting the man. So it's okay for them to be millionaires. It's okay for Bernie Sanders to not release his taxes. Those things are okay. But if anyone else does it, oh, Lord, watch out. And they travel in packs and they attack. Unlike anything I've ever really seen in my life. And I've been a Hillary Clinton supporter my whole life. I know what crazy looks like. But this is a whole slew of new crazy that is just dipping in toxic masculinity. Just, it's, they accept the absolute bare minimum from these men. 
and which is what they all give. They give the bare minimum. And they're lazy legislators. Andrew Yang has never even worked in government. And it's like, yeah, let's make a mayor mayor of New York when it's in the middle of like dealing with everything that New York City's dealing with. Sure. Sounds like a great idea. So and their supporters are entitled as the people that they believe in. They're entitled. They feel like they no no, they deserve something. And they don't. You don't deserve anything. You've got to work for everything that you want in this world. Sorry, folks, but that's the truth. And the Simpsons one time, a couple years ago, even made fun of the Bernie Sanders, Bernie bros. Because it was so ridiculous. And that's what it is. And it hasn't stopped. And they always feel like they're putting you in their place. Like, oh, I'm going to teach you. Oh, I'm going to. That is toxic masculinity. When a man is saying to you, you don't know anything. My whole thing is that you can say a lot of things to me. But don't say that I'm unintelligent or uninformed or uneducated. Don't say any of those things to me. Because how do you know who, just because I think differently than you, because I'm giving you facts that you don't want to deal with? So all I can say is it's not about the establishment, not letting these these men through. It's not about, no, it's none of that. We're looking at toxic masculinity run amok. And I'm seeing people say, like, Andrew Yang, 2024 for president. Like, what? What? What has he done? What has that guy done that he feels that he should get another shot? So I think it's very interesting, and I'm just letting you guys know that I still deal with it to this day, and I try to ignore it as much as I can. But don't call me unintelligent. Don't call me uninformed. And don't say that I'm undereducated. Don't do those things because you'll regret it just like a couple of you did who came at me, Yang Gang. I'm speaking to you on my live. So, you know, it's unacceptable. And the more we speak out about it, the more we can do something about it. But if we all just sort of ignore it, which we've been doing since 2016, it's just going to get worse. Okay, let's talk about double standard. Now that we just talked about toxic masculinity, let's talk about double standards. So here's a great double standard. Katie Hill, of course, who we all loved, sadly had to resign because she had a consensual affair and photos came out and videos came out that her ex-husband released and she's with another woman and all this debacle. She resigns. She wanted, she had just won a seat, flipped a seat for us here in California, was a great congresswoman, was le- trying to legislate, trying to learn from Pelosi, you know, and she had to resign. But yet we still have Marjorie Taylor Greene is still in Congress. Marjorie Taylor Greene, which every day more videos surface of her saying outlandish things, saying things like the the Jews have some secret satellite that caused wildfires. She likes posts saying shoot Pelosi in the head. She uh, says that she's talking to the president. There's a video of her coming out of the White House in December saying January 6th is going to be the day of reckoning. I mean, what more <laughs> needs to be done? But I guess in the Republican world, it's, it's different because we have Al Franken, who I'm not a fran- fan of, by the way. However, what happened with him where there's a photo of him being inappropriate with a woman, and he has to resign. Now, just the backstory, I think that he resigned also because he didn't want more stories coming out because he was known as sort of a womanizer. But again, being a womanizer is very different than Marjorie Taylor Greene. But he resigned, but yet we still have Lauren Boebert, who wants to bring a gun and fights to bring a gun every day on the Hill. She, doesn't, she said she doesn't care how much she gets fined, she's going to have that gun. Why do you need a gun on the hill when they're in the middle of this crazy situation going on? 
So, you know, Republicans decide to impeach Bill Clinton for a blowjob. All while Newt Gingrich, who was the Speaker of the House at the time, was cheating on his wife, who was dying of cancer, with his mistress. But yet, let's, let, let's impeach the president for a blowjob. And Lindsey Graham was saying it was horrific, and it was... But yet, this impeachment this time around, nope, we're not going to impeach for domestic terrorism. We only impeach for blowjobs with Bill Clinton. You know, four die in Benghazi, tragically... Ten investigations, six investigations that were just by the GOP, and January 6th, crickets. I don't hear any Republicans saying, investigate, investigate, investigate. I wonder why. We had five Americans die on that day, and crickets. A police officer died, crickets. What happened to Blue Lives Matter? What happened to that movement? Every time a cop tragically dies at a, a protest that turns into a riot, with the left side, let's just say that, it's like the end of the world. It's like, oh my God, how can a cop possibly die? A cop not only dies, okay, Capitol Hill police, not only dies, but the footage, I don't know if you guys seen his camera that was on him. They beat the living you-know-what out of him. So that is unacceptable, but yet crickets. But let's investigate Benghazi 50 million times even though each time we discover the same exact thing. So in 2016, we were told to let go of Hillary Clinton, let go of the election she lost, stop being bad losers, move on, accept what is. And here we have the ex-president who won't even accept the election of 2020. A president who didn't even meet the new president at the White House, whose first lady didn't even meet the new coming first lady. But yet we're, supposed, we're told to move on. I remember in 2016 that Fox News, I saw the clip, they kept playing this one clip over and over from the Javits Center of women like crying. Which like, if I had been there, I would have been crying hysterically. Because I was crying hysterically in the house. And they were making fun of it. And they were saying it's time to move on. Look at all of these snowflakes. And what are all of you guys? What are you guys? What was January 6th? That is not accepting an election to the max. You know what we did on our side? Ladies uh, knitted a bunch of pink hats and they went and protested peacefully all across the land. And they did so every year until he was gone. Peacefully. We went to the last one in Washington, D.C. It was peacefully. There was no drama. Save the drama for Obama. Like, didn't happen. And there was some pro-life people there. There was, some, didn't, there was no conflict. Everything was fine. We didn't January 6th it. So I think the double standard is like run it, run amok. And um, I'm not saying Democrats are perfect because we're not by any means. And we've made plenty of mistakes. But I have example after example after example here. And, you know, <laughs> it's, it's pretty pitiful if you ask me. So I don't know, guys. Give that some thought. So you know that we love to play some fun games, interactive games. I don't know, different, something different. So I thought that it would be fun if Sam, my production assistant, shouted out three celebrities, politicians who are still living, name, and I have to respond with one word of what I think they are or who they are, whatever that is. So let's play one word. So, okay, Sam, first one up. Palm Hayes. 
<gasps> oh, Tom Hanks. Um, Tom, I have a million words for Tom Hanks. Uh, Tom Hanks is uh, lovable. I mean, lovable. He's just, I mean, I could say a million other words. I, Tom Hanks is probably one of my favorite actors, but lovable. I mean, he's America's dad, you know, lovable. Second person. Dr. Jill Biden. <gasps> Dr. Jill Biden. Dr. Jill Biden, to me, is strong. She's a strong Philly girl. She's very strong, that's for sure. And what she's been through, you know, losing Bo and taking on Hunter and Bo and at a very young age and accepting them as her own and, you know, being a politician's wife while still getting her doctorate and she still works and she's still going to work. I mean, amazing. So strong, strong. And last but not least. Gavin Newsom. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> to this on purpose. Gavin Newsom. Uh, sleazy. Gavin Newsom. I, I've been saying that since I was like 17 years old. Sleazy. And I will stand by that no matter what. Sleazy. So, yeah. One word. There you go. There you go, guys. <laughs> All right, guys. Daily Descent with the OG of HRC. Um, I think you guys have an idea of what I'm going to be talking about, but I'm not going to be talking about Dianne Feinstein in the way that you probably think I'm going to be talking about Dianne Feinstein. Um, let me just say this, that growing up, the name Dianne Feinstein was huge because I grew up in the Bay Area and she was the first woman mayor of San Francisco. And not only was she the first woman mayor, but she was a phenomenal mayor and people adored her and loved her. Um, I had uncles who were going to San Francisco a lot and they are proud gay men and they felt safe in the city because of how she handled it all. And, you know, she got dirty needles out of the streets during the AIDS epidemic. She saved the cable cars. She did so much for San Francisco for 10 solid years. And um, so I grew up around Feinstein in a way. And her name, her and Pelosi's name were always out there because they're Bay Area women, San Francisco women. And so I knew who she was when she was my senator, and she's been my senator most of my life. I've always been in favor of her. I've always supported her. But I got really, really protective of her this last go-round in her re-election because I saw how the California Democratic Party was trying to push her aside because she's very bipartisan. She beats her own drum. No one can tell her what to do, which makes her a great senator, but it doesn't make her easily you know, mold, they, they can't mold her to what they want her to be. Um, she was 80, I believe she was 82 when she ran for re-election. And they had a Democrat who was more extreme left run against her. And then I became very, very protective of her. Um, a lot of people don't understand Dianne Feinstein's way that she is, but I do. Because my grandma was a lot like her. And I don't know if it's a generational thing or what, but my grandmother was very straightforward she loved us all like crazy, but she was very straightforward, as is Dianne Feinstein. Um, I know there's a lot of clips, like, with her, with kids, and she she just handles business. That's just who she is, point blank. She doesn't do a lot of interviews, but if she wants to interview with us, that'd be great. Um, but in all seriousness, she doesn't do a lot of interviews. She just works. And she won the election, and I was, like, so excited, and she won by a big margin. And then all of a sudden, the last, like, year, now she's 87 – uh, and she still has four years left on her term, which would make her 91, all of a sudden there's this, like, effort ever since we won back the Senate to just push her out, push her out. 
They pushed her out of the Judiciary Committee as the chair. She would have been the chair um, because they try to say because she hugs Lindsey Graham and all of this just nonsense. Um, I've just been more and more protective of her. I talk about her a lot on here on my other, you know, stuff, the OG of the HRC way, because I just think that she's this rare gem. And if she wants to work till she's 91, let her work till she's 91. There was all these rumors that, you know, she was she was not with it and, you know, they have to help her. And, and Schumer, which is why I have a lot of issues with Schumer, he let things leak that, oh, I had to tell her two times. And listen, I, I watch her on C-SPAN like no other. That woman is fine. I watched her with the Electoral College after January 6th. She stayed there till, she stayed there till 4 a.m. At 87 years old. I couldn't do that and I'm 35 years old. So she's never missed a single vote in this last last term. So it's like she's doing her job. She's legislating. She's showing up. She's voting. Just let the woman do her job. So that being said, um, there is a school in San Francisco called an elementary school called the Diane Feinstein Elementary School. Um, they gave it to her or named it after her 15 years ago. And, of course, they did that because she is this beloved mayor of San Francisco of 10 years. Now, fast forward, here we are. This new movement has happened of renaming schools. Um, apparently, the San Francisco School Board came out with a list of people who were racist. You couldn't be a racist. You couldn't be, you know, a conquistador. You couldn't be. They had that sort of that that area, They're, you know, pedophile because there's a priest who's a pedophile who has a school named after him in San Francisco. So... She ended up on that list because um, early on in her mayor duties, the Confederate flag was flying at the Civic Center, which is not near the, the, the um, city hall, but it, it's this big Civic Center. There's like 20 flags of different things. I don't know why the Confederate flag is there because it's San Francisco and it sort of doesn't make any sense. However, it was, fly it was flying there. And someone came and took it down, and then she put it back up, and then 24 hours later, she decided, you know what, the time has come, let's take it down permanently. So because of that 24-hour period, they are saying that she is not qualified to have a school. So, I, I mean, when you put her, there, there's, like I said, there's a priest who is a pedophile, okay? He's getting it taken away, okay? They're taking away Lincoln because of what he did with Native Americans, with the, with the railroads. Okay, if that's what they conquested or whatever they want to say. Okay, but Dianne Feinstein has spent an entire career fighting for everyone equally. When she was mayor of San Francisco, she literally had a walkie-talkie next to her bed because there was two summers where the fires were out of control and she wanted to be there. So they would walkie-talkie her in at whatever time of night, 2, 3 in the morning. She would get up as the mayor of San Francisco, go down to the fires and tell people the Red Cross is over here. This is where the ambulance is. Go over here as mayor. That's the kind of woman we're talking about. She's a woman who, as senator, she's the only person to ever get semi-automatic weapons off of off of the market for 10 solid years. She did that. So, and on and on I could go. She's fought tirelessly for environmental issues before it was even an Al Gore cool thing to do. Long before Al Gore was talking about it, she's talked about it. So, to me, I understand the need to change school names, but this is what bothers me more than anything, is that there was a very popular mayor. He was the mayor, I believe, from the 60s and 70s. And... He let that flag fly, 
no problem, never took it down, nothing. And he has an elementary school named after him. Why wasn't he on the list if that's the, the ordeal or the issue? I, I understand how horrific the Confederate flag is. I understand the importance of, of eliminating it from American history, if you ask me, because at the end of the day, there's two factors here. Those people not only wanted to own slaves, but they wanted to leave our country and become their own country. So no matter how you spin it, they're a bunch of losers. I don't want anything associated with them in our country. I get that. But Feinstein for 24 hours let it fly and then decided, okay, I'm going to take it down now. So she took it down. No ifs, ands, or buts. There was no big thing at the time with the San Francisco Chronicle. No news coverage. No nothing. And apparently, I was listening to another podcast called the San Francisco something and their writers for the San Francisco Chronicle, and they were talking about it, and she said it just doesn't make any sense because, one, the other mayor let the flag fly, and he saw it as an elementary school. And on the other hand, she's was one of the most beloved mayors and the, 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 the school board president who was there dedicating the school, the Dianne Feinstein School, who is on the placard, is the guy who's now voting to say she doesn't deserve to be there. So I understand, again, renaming schools. I get it. I, I understand. We, we shouldn't have, you know, uh, General Lee <laughs> schools. We shouldn't have anything with Confederate. We shouldn't have anything with slave owner. I, I understand that. I get that. 100% I get that. But a 24-hour period, you're going to... And on top of that, you guys, she's still alive. 99% of these people who you're taking away their schools because they're slave owners and rightfully taking away this, they're dead. So it doesn't matter. But she's 87 years old. She still lives in San Francisco full time. She has done so much for that city. She's done so much for California. She's done so much for this. That one little incident, like, I'm sorry. Like, I can't. I'm so... And this is happening. Like, they voted for a second time, and it's getting renamed, and now they're deciding on what they're going to rename it. And I just think it's so tragic. I do. And even the students' parents who go to Dianne Feinstein School are writing nonstop, apparently, and saying, no, we're proud that our, that our child goes to Dianne Feinstein School. We've lived in San Francisco our whole life. We remember when she was mayor. The city was thriving. Everything was great. And people also need to remember about Feinstein. She became mayor because of an assassination and she was there when that assassination happened and she put her hand into a gay man's body to try to stop the bleeding where the bullet had gone in at a time where you couldn't even say gay she held up a sign that said gay love after he had been assassinated Harvey Milk had been assassinated at a time where you didn't even say gay but you're going to hold that against her and not even give her a chance to come to the school board and say, I made a mistake for those 24 hours. I apologize. But please, I hope you can judge the rest of my career. If there was multiple situations where it was racial tendencies, then we can have a conversation. But there's nothing else to go on. Nothing. The San Francisco Chronicle podcast apparently said the school board used, used Wikipedia to Google all these people. I mean, Wikipedia... Anyone can change Wikipedia to say anything, by the way. And second of all, like, what? I do better research than that. So I think it's unfair. And this is not just me defending Feinstein the way that I do. This is unfair and this is wrong. And at what point are we going to stop? Because she made a mistake and she fixed the mistake within 24 hours. So I think it's wrong. She's the first woman mayor of San Francisco and she matters. She was almost picked as vice president of the United States for, for Mondale. Like, 
she matters. And everyone, I feel like, is just trying to erase her. So that's my daily descent. Okay, guys, make sure you check us out on Spotify, iTunes, and, of course, on YouTube. And also check us out on TikTok, Instagram, and Twitter. Until next time, OG of the HRC, signing out.